This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The woman who hid American whistleblower Edward Snowden in Hong Kong has been granted refugee status in Canada. Vanessa Rodell had no idea she was sheltering one of the most wanted men in the world when that happened. You'll recall Snowden was an American defense contractor who leaked confidential defense documents. There was a movie made about his story. Pretty good movie, I must add. But many Americans consider him a traitor and a dangerous one at that. And he now lives in Russia. Ms. Rodell, who is from the Philippines, hid him at the request of her lawyer. And there are other reasons why she may qualify for refugee status. So what are we to make of this. And there's also the question of whether this complicates our increasingly testy relationship with the United States. I want to hear from you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we are going to Guillaume Clich-Ribard, who is a spokeswoman, a spokesperson, excuse me, for the Refugees Advocacy Group, and Giddy Mammon, who is an immigration lawyer. Welcome. Thanks to you both for joining us. Thank you. So, Guillaume, uh, why why are we giving her refugee status? What is her claim? Because she is from the Philippines, which is not considered a dangerous country. Well, uh, with respect, I, I beg to differ. The Philippines is considered a dangerous country. I mean, there's many applicants here in Canada that, and here in Montreal that receives refugee status against the Philippines still nowadays. I mean, this case originally um, is based on persecution, on gender-based persecution, sexual violence, uh, which uh, the evidence demonstrates clearly that the Philippines has a long story of. And uh, this is why Ms. Rodell left the Philippines uh, first off. And then, as you described it, um, she lived in, in Hong Kong, where she sheltered at Snowden in 2013. And, and upcoming from them, her life became very difficult. Uh, uh, she has received many pressures from the Hong Kong government and uh, many investigations as to why and how she had helped Snowden. And this had made her life very difficult. And and has raised security issues for her, which led her to apply for refugee status in Canada, which was granted by the Canadian authorities. Mm-hmm. And she sheltered Snowden at the request of her lawyer and his lawyer. At the request of uh, Maître Robert Thibault, who, who, who was as well Snowden's uh, refugee there in Hong Kong, but she, she had made that decision. She made that decision herself and we've been asking her many times since uh, if she was and if she would do it again and and it's her statement many times publicly that uh, would she have to do it again she would do it again and she does not regret her her gesture Mm -hmm. yeah but she said that she wasn't aware at the time she she wasn't uh at the first day but then the second day uh, it was revealed that Snowden went and asked her to get some newspapers, some English newspapers, so that he could follow what was happening. And at that time, when she went to get those newspapers, she brought them back, and, and, 
and she necessarily recognized the man on the front page. But at that time, she made her, her own decision, and that decision was that she was going to continue to shelter him because she would approve uh, and because she, she, she stated herself that she find him to be a hero. Giddy, let's bring you in. What do you make of this case? Well, it, uh, you know, it's very interesting to see um, uh, th- this situation, how this woman fell into the situation with uh, Ed Snowden. What is going to be very interesting is what happens to the other five. I think one of them is including the father of her daughter. So uh, I, I think that those five individuals really are the ones who should be the focus of our attention because she is now more or less safe here. It's possible that the Americans may try to implicate her in some sort of offense of harboring a fugitive or giving aid or something to a fugitive. I don't know enough about U.S. law in that respect to see if that's a, an actual uh, risk, uh, but certainly the thought is in my mind that that could be a risk. But right now there must be intense pressure being placed by the Americans on the authorities in Hong Kong uh, and even the authorities in the Philippines to see if those, those individuals might be uh, perhaps uh, expelled from Hong Kong quickly to their countries where they may be more vulnerable to um, American pressure. The Americans cannot possibly be happy about these individuals helping uh, Ed Snowden. Mm-hmm. Well, my... Uh my understanding is that this woman, Vanessa Rodell, she was granted refugee status for other reasons. She was sexually trafficked uh, and uh, not because she was in danger because she she sheltered Snowden. Am, am I right, Giddy? That's right. There were some underlying problems. I think there was sexual assaults and some uh, human trafficking uh, uh, bases for the claim as against the Philippines. Uh, remember, she has to be able to uh, prove that against her country of uh, citizenship. Um, uh, you, if you have a place where you can go safely, then you're expected to go there safely, and you're not expected to be successful with, the, with an asylum claim. Uh, but uh, in any event, she is now on Canadian soil. She could be vulnerable. And those individuals in Hong Kong remaining, uh, I think, are. it's going to be very interesting to see if our government steps up and expedites um, the process for them. And uh, frankly, if I was uh, Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau, um, you know, for the uh, minimal cost and extra sort of marginal discomfort we're going to have with respect to our relationships with the United States, I think it's worth pulling out those people as quickly as possible. Uh, I mean, is it appropriate for, you know, our government in effect to take a stand about whether Edward Snowden is a whistleblower or a traitor who leaked confidential defense doc? Well, that Well, that wouldn't be how the question would be framed. I mean, politically, yes. But the question in front of an officer who's deciding whether or not a person meets a definition of persecution, there is a standard test. It's an objective test, and it's a really, it doesn't really look at, well, what's going to happen to us if we recognize that this person is facing harm. Um, but there is clearly political consequences from all this, whether or not this is a legal process or whether or not they do meet the definition of convention refugee. Uh, there is a real, very real thing that the Americans feel uh, very badly uh, done by uh, Edward Snowden, and I don't think they're going to be too appreciative of their uh, biggest trading partner um, having a hand in protecting those people who gave uh, you know aid and comfort to Ed Snowden. Well, yeah, but doesn't it also 
have to be predicated on the idea that if that these people will be treated unfairly if they are extradited to the United States? Um, under our extradition laws, the uh, we have to uh, the United States has to demonstrate that uh, there is uh, some evidence that would. Uh, establish uh, a conviction in the United States on a similar law. And um, I, I don't know that the threshold is that high. The ex- extradition cases that I've been involved with, uh, the threshold is very, very low. And we have been very, very um, uh, cooperative with requests for extradition. As you, as you know, yes. the, the Chinese executive uh, puts us in a very terrible place with China, Yet we are we have received that extradition request. We've affected the, um, the provisional arrest warrant, um, and we'll see how things go. But but the United States carries a lot of weight with us on matters of extradition, which could lead to a legitimate conviction uh, under U.S. law. Okay, uh, Guillaume, uh, that's one of the things. I mean, are you basically saying that these five people? would be in danger or treated, subjected to unfair treatment if they were extradited to the United States? I mean, uh, I, I first of all, the question can be asked as to why they would be extradited to the United States. At this time, there's no charges against them, and I don't see why they would be. I mean, if the United States wanted to charge them with something, they would have had to have done it previously and a couple of years ago. So, I mean... The the, 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 the the danger here, I feel, is more about them being removed um, from to their home country, to 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 to, the, to Sri Lanka, in, in the current. And and Mr. Ajit, which is one of the applicants, is is an army deserter. We know for a fact that his name is on the list of people that are being looking for at the airport of Colombo. So, I mean, he would terribly face persecution would he have to go back. And similarly for the rest of the family. So, I mean, I don't see how and where and, and in any way why they would get to the States at this point. I don't see any extradition request. And I'm more, uh, I'm more concerned about their lives in Hong Kong and the, po- the possible removal to the United States than anything here. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you say that Hong Kong is, is particularly vulnerable to the pressure to expel them? Deport them or whatever? Yes, uh, we, we have evidence that demonstrate that they've been expedited the removal proceedings in those cases. I mean, we have evidence that shows as well that Hong Kong has less than 1% rate approval for refugee claimants, which is close to 0%. Uh, we have demonstration that Hong Kong authorities have been quite severe in, in, in uh, cutting assistance for, for Vanessa and Kiana, for example. Uh, there's many, many, many evidence in the file that demonstrate that they're not facing security in Hong Kong and that Hong Kong is doing their best to expel them and remove them as soon as possible. So, yeah, the situation is, is very tense and, and, and very dramatic at this time. Okay, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. How are you doing today? Fine. That's good. I just think it's ironical. I, I approve of it, but I think it's irony that we've allowed this woman into this country as a refugee. I wonder if uh, Ms. Rabel was coming to us and saying she had blown the whistle in her, her country and was wanting to come here and 
get refugee status, we would have allowed her into our country. <laughs> oh, okay, Stephen, I'm not sure there's any equivalency there, but thanks well, for your call. She, Let's she go to uh, Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi, Libby. If persecution's a standard, there's probably about a billion people or more in the world that could automatically come to Canada. I think this is another perfect opportunity for Trudeau to piss off, further piss off another country that we deal with. It's not going to play out well. Okay, uh, but as uh, our guests have been saying, there's not supposed to be uh, any mixing there. It's not supposed to be influenced by political considerations, but uh, a lot of things are not supposed to be, I guess. Bill, thanks for your call. Okay, uh, time to wrap this up. Uh, Guillaume, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I, I would just, I would just want to, for us to, to to state that there are other five. Uh, there, the other fives are, are still in Hong Kong. They're facing terrible pressure. Uh, there was a, a risk part of this uh, project, but now there's a humanitarian part of the project. I mean, people now know that uh, Kiana, the little girl that came into Canada, her father is within the five still in Hong Kong, and so is the stepsister and the stepbrother. So, I mean, now. Nor uh, we, we we do have a family that families there that are at risk, but there are also families now that are separated. So I mean, if Canada is taking two, I don't see why Canada wouldn't take the seven of them, and I don't see how Canada can can acknowledge or can can live with the fact that the daughter is separated from the father now, and and that the sisters can play together and can 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 live together. I've myself witnessed the sisters saying goodbye to each other. And it was probably one of the most difficult moments I had to live in my life, uh, seeing the little sister, seven years old, asking the other one, will I, will I ever see you again, sister? Uh, at this time, I think there's a, a very big humanitarian factor here that Canada needs to assess as well, which adds to the risk to their life and their security. Okay. Uh, Giddy Mammon, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I'm, I'm delighted that the lawyers kept this under wraps until she was wheels up in the air uh, with her daughter. Uh, but as I said before, if I was uh, Justin Trudeau at this point, we're already in for two. There's only five left. And I think the, uh, the optics of leaving the other five, if you've already acknowledged that these two need some protection, then I, I think it's, it's crazy to leave them sitting out there in the wind. Uh, for much longer. I think they need to move very quickly. Okay, we will follow this and see what happens. Very interesting story. Thank you both for joining us. My pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.